0: Welcome to All Villa, No filler. Please like and subscribe. It just seems to be non-stop with Aston Villa at the moment Incredible transfer links. Today, it was reported in Italy that Villa have bid for AC Milan forward Charles De Quetalera. I'm joined by Ewan Burns. He's a football journalist and co-founder of Total Italian Football. So, uh, Ewan, thanks for coming on. Uh, firstly, who is De Quetalera and what could he bring to Aston Villa?
1: Just for having me. Um, in... In my mind, um, De Quetelaire is is a bit of a sad case um, from an AC Milan perspective and from a sort of player perspective because essentially he's a, he's a young guy who was very, very good for um, Club Brugge and scored a lot of goals, played a lot of games for his age. Um, and it ended up being a bit of a protracted saga last summer. He didn't join until the start of August, but it was he, he was meant to join much sooner. Um, they were haggling over quite a small amount of money, and I think that is part of what's gone wrong at Milan that he didn't get settled in as as quickly as he should have should should have done. Um, and then after that, he has had chances in the team, mm. but not not a lot. And the ones he's had, he he hasn't taken. Often in often with this sort of player, where they've not impressed in the first season, there can usually be one moment where you go, "Oh, but do you remember when he did that?" And it did look like he might be about to click. I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, and yeah, I, I did watch most of their, you know, one of the websites I work for is specifically a single So I, I did watch most of their games last season and, you know, he, he didn't score through the whole season and there wasn't really many glimmers. So I know that doesn't really sound great from a transfer perspective, um, but I do think the fact that he seems to be on the way is, is very, it's very modern football mm. because he I think is he is he twenty-two now? He's twenty-one when he joined. Um he'd only ever played for one club before, moved to a new country. It it's far from unheard of for a player with that profile, especially when quite a big fee, it was 35 million euros, was was put on his head, which isn't you know, it's not his fault. Um, it's not uncommon for a player to have very minimal impact, going to a massive club like AC Milan. Um and the fact he's getting supposedly shipped permanently as well. I I expected a loan to possibly happen, but you know, a full sale is is quite a claim. Um the fact that Maldini and Masara, who were the two transfer guys at AC Milan, were recently booted out, you know, to Ketzelara by the sounds of it, was kind of their guy. He, he was their main signing last summer. And it's a summer where basically none of the signings worked out. Um and the fact that they're gone and now this story seems to have accelerated quite a bit. I don't think is a massive coincidence.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, Aston Villa themselves have a track record of signing players from Club Brugge that don't quite work out. Um, I'd say the Belgian league to the mate, you know, the Premier League in Serie A, it's a big leap, isn't it? Um, particularly for a player of such a young age. I mean, just to detail it, you know, he was 35 million euros last summer signing, 21 at the time, 22 now, but it hasn't worked out. 32 games in Serie A, one assist, no goals. Um, but before that, you know, at Club brugger he did get 14 goals in 39, which, you know, whatever people say about the standard of any league, that's still an impressive tally for somebody of that age. Um, so why do you think Milan signed him in the first place? What are his sort of positive attributes?
1: So he he's uh, for for a for a young player, he's he's very tall. Um, right. or sort of I suppose for a he's not abnormally tall, but for, for a player in that sort of position, he, he is kind of a number 10 mm. and he can play further out wide. He, he is quite a versatile player. He's, you know, I'm saying meant to be for all of this because I've basically not seen it with my own eyes because he hasn't done it in the past year, but he's, he's supposedly, and based on clips of when he was in Belgium, very technically gifted, a very, you know, very good control of the ball. Um, The times where he was on the pitch for Milan, he, he was in all the right positions he's clearly quite a positionally aware player but it it almost felt like he was he was trying too hard he was chasing lost balls just to sort of to try and have some sort of impact and when you're in that sort of hurried mindset when you do suddenly get the ball in the right area there, there was times during the season where he'd, he'd get the ball in an area where you'd think he could score here and it just wouldn't quite come off he did very there were, yeah, I can't think of the specific games now, but there were a couple of times where he was very unlucky not to score, um, you know, late blocks and that sort of thing. Um, But, you know, I, I, I'm convinced there's a player there. I don't know if I've just mentally taken a liking to him for whatever reason, I feel sorry for him. But I'm convinced there is a player there. Um, You'd be able to know this better than me. In my head, there's quite a few players of of his ilk in the Villa team already sort of creative attacking minded midfielders would that be fair to say
0: yeah um we've got a a couple of like very direct um midfielders like Jacob Ramsey I'd say as a player who turns half turn and sprints at a team good at linker play as well we've got Leon Bailey again a pacey fast player outright though this question marks about his future But then you're looking really at Emmy Buendir playing off Ollie Watkins. Um, And Emmy Buendir is probably that one who can, you know, get between the lines, link, you know, make the sort of a killer pass. And I think that what Villa are looking for is a player who can probably play off Watkins and be that creative player, maybe like a Gio Celso type as well, who was at Villarreal and played under Emery, but can also, you know, play off Watkins, but play out wide as well. And from what you've just said, actually, that. Does then make sense in my head why Villa might actually be linked with him. Um, I mean, are you, given his sort of struggles in Serie A and at AC Milan, are you kind of surprised that he's been linked with um, a team in the Premier League?
1: Um, possibly. I, I think Villa are one of those teams that are always hard to judge, aren't they? Because, you know, they, they ended last season extremely well. And well, even that's a bit harsh. It was more than just the end of the season, the, sort of the second half of the season yeah. was very good. So right now you'd have to view Villa as, you know, that they're they're a top half Premier League team. And so, so, yeah, I'd say maybe I am slightly surprised that Villa seem to be the front runners. The idea of Crystal Palace, who've been linked, to me makes slightly more sense for him because I just think he needs to play football. He needs to start games of football and he needs a routine. And he, you know he just needs that genuine chance to prove himself which he, i know on paper he played a lot of games for Milan last season but he didn't play many minutes it, it was all little little bits at the end of games that where you can't really do anything yeah. um so you know i'm i'm not convinced he necessarily walked into the villa team um yeah if he if he signed right now and impresses in pre-season it may well be that he he would be starting when the league kicks on again but i think I can just I can picture a world where moving to Villa, somebody like Wendell or Coutinho is still there, isn't he? I don't know how he's viewed by Villa fans, but I can just picture a world where somebody, somebody in that position plays well and he doesn't get the minutes again, and you start to wonder whether he's ever going to sort of make good on his promise.
0: Yeah, I think that's been one of the problems with. Um particularly with Buendia and Bailey, has been the consistency. I think a lot of Villa's players have gone up a level since Uno Emery came in in uh, October. But I would say, I think Buendia is a very, very talented player, but just not quite consistent enough, which is quite frustrating at times. And there aren't, there isn't really anyone else other than Coutinho, who's injured a lot, who can really play in that sort of Buendia role and do what he does. So Di Quetalara, actually, when I think of Uno Emery's background, Emery does have a bit of a track record of working with players who haven't quite... It hasn't quite worked out for them at previous clubs, or maybe a little bit unfancied. I think at Villarreal, you had Etienne Capoue, you know, a player who hadn't done too great at Tottenham. You, another La Celso, another one I mentioned, who had a bit of a tough time at Tottenham. Again, um, Danjuma, a player who from Bournemouth to Villarreal, like players who maybe aren't quite so fancied, who he can work on as a project and raise their levels. So, yeah, I do wonder from just listening to what you've said whether Di Català might. Possibly be a player of that kind of um, ilk, but I mean, you know, considering the amount of money Milan did spend on him, um, are you are you kind of taken aback that they'd sell him this early? Do you, you, do you don't think they'd want to give him another chance at all?
1: Well, I I thought they would give him another chance when when when, when the summer started. Um, he was being linked away, but it was mainly loans that were being talked about. Hmm. Um, I sort of. Assumed, given they've got a lot of other areas of the squad that they need to focus on and have been focusing on, and also they've lost Brian Diaz, who was kind of playing that number ten role for them. I assume they'd think, you know, he's like I was saying before, he's young. He's now had a year to kind of try and bed in in a new country and everything. Um, let him have another crack at it next year, and then then we'll then we'll see kind of thing. But you know, it may well be that they've. Identified him as, you know, that there, there is talk that Milan are going to sort of revert back to a 4 3 3 with the players they're looking to sign, mm-hmm. which wouldn't necessarily leave any space for DiCapitale unless he got pushed out wide or played f- further back in the midfield. Yeah. Um, so it may well be that they're thinking, well, I'm not, you know, we're, we're not convinced there's a place for him in the team anyway next season, even if he were to kick on. Um, let's just get what we can now. Before you know, in theory, you know, if they keep him another year and he doesn't play well again, that value is only going to go down and they're not going to get that more than what they paid. They, they, it looks like they, they seem to be willing to take about a five ish million euro loss on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and cl- clubs like Milan, they're massive clubs, but they, they have to be really responsible financially at the moment and they can't really afford to be making 15 20 million euro losses on players and, and essentially getting. Nothing back from them yeah. in a in a goal scoring sense. So I think they may have just decided to be a bit ruthless in this situation,
0: yeah. um, I mean, you know, given how AC Milan were last season, um, is there a chance at all that it maybe he was sort of out of position, um just came into a new culture and you know just couldn't struggle to adapt to that, one thing, but then also, a new league adapting to, but also, you know, was there kind of a space in the team where you think his natural attributes suited or do you think he just was, were there there occasions where he's played out of position?
1: I can't vividly think of a time where he was necessarily out of position. To my mind, he, he plays, you know, in the middle behind the striker and when he'd come on, it often would be for Braham Diaz who particularly early in the season was playing in that role. Yeah. Um, I think it was more of a, a confidence thing in terms of away from the pitch, how he settled in the city, in the country, you know, we, we can't only he and those very close to him can know what that situation was and how that went. Yeah. You'd, you'd guess that didn't go wonderfully based on the way he was playing. You know, he, he just looked, he looked new all the time. Every time he came on, it looked like his very first game. Um, And every time he came on, the whole you know, fan base would be thinking maybe this time he'll show us something. And it, it just didn't really happen to the point where it, you know, it, it did almost get a bit sad. It can get sad with those sorts of players where yeah. you, you know there's promise, there's expectation, and it's it's just not happening. Um So, you know, maybe a clean break wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but I, I personally would have liked to have seen him succeed in, in Italy.
0: OK, well, uh, Ewan, well, it's been good to talk to you and good to find out about the De Quetelire. It's been a tough, bloody season uh, in, uh, <laughs> for him. Um, but, you know, there's been plenty of examples of players in the past who have had tough times in various leagues and gone elsewhere. And it's, it's worked out for them. So who knows? Maybe maybe De Quetelire will find that eventually. But Ewan, um, but, um, really great to chat to you. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, where can we find you and your work online?
1: Uh, you can find me at, what is it, at Burns underscore Ewan on Twitter. But more importantly, um, total Italian football. We've got all manner of different stuff, and particularly the, the Women's World Cup coming up. We're, we've gone big on it because we, we, we cover the Italian women's football in a lot of depth. So naturally that's carried into the national team as well. So go and click on all of that if you can.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, and I'll be sure to do that. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you.